This is the Sand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 35, The Real Reason I Share My Faith Online. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. If you're here for the first time, I'm so glad you're here. If you're here for the 35th time, because this is episode 35, I am so glad you're here. I feel really honored to have you on this journey with me, as always. I know I say that all the time, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart all the time. But today, we're going to get into some questions that I have been getting lately, because several people have asked me recently why I decided to switch gears from teaching parenting, which I did for many years, to teaching about faith online. When asked that question, what I usually say is, well, the Lord handed me this new direction on a silver platter, which is completely true. And I shared a portion of this story in episode one. So maybe you've heard a little bit of it, but I feel like it's time for me to tell the whole story, which includes the most spiritual experience of my life thus far. It is a sacred experience, and I have wrestled with the decision of whether or not it is appropriate to share it on this forum for a couple of reasons. First, I want to preserve the sacred nature of my experience with the Lord. I do not want to throw it around flippantly, and I do not want to share in a way or on a forum that could degrade the experience to anything less than divinely orchestrated. I do not know who is listening or who will listen to this podcast or what their intentions are or will be. So that means I risk throwing my sacred experience to the wolves should I share them on a public forum. Secondly, the experience that led me down this path of sharing faith online is more profound than anything else I have experienced ever in my life thus far. Some could even call it sensational. The Spirit generally does not work in such an extravagant way in my life or in the lives of most other people that I know, and I don't want people to conclude that my experience was in any way normal. I don't want people to think, the Spirit does not work like that in my life, so that must mean I am less than worthy. The bottom line is that this was an exceptional experience that the Lord, for whatever reason, decided that I needed. It does not speak to my righteousness or others' lack of righteousness. So please do not make any conclusions or assumptions about me or my spirituality based on what you hear today. And above all, please do not conclude that you are less than worthy of the Lord's Spirit because you have never had an experience like the one I am about to share. The reason I have decided to share is because the gift the Lord graciously gave to me in the summer of 2021 had more to do with you than it did with me. I want you to see what I see, and I feel like it is time to share. So with that preface, I ask that you respect what I'm about to tell you, and I invite you to think about what it has to do with you. 
My journey in the world of sharing online began in 2013 when my youngest child started kindergarten. I needed at that point something to pour my heart into, and I enjoyed writing, so I started a blog. I wrote about parenting and motherhood and simple living and faith and a variety of topics, whatever came to my mind on the particular day that I was posting a blog post. It was a creative outlet for me and not much more than that. Several years later, I felt very inspired to narrow my focus to only parenting. I had experienced a dramatic transformation in my journey of raising a houseful of strong-willed kids, and I wanted to help others who were struggling like I once did. So I certified as a parenting coach, and I dove headfirst into the world of parenting education online. I expanded my blog to include a podcast where I taught parents how to raise kids into capable, confident adults. Though it took tons of time to write and produce the podcast and all the related social media and everything that went into it, everything that I offered at that point was for free. But in 2020, my husband's dental practice was closed for two months because of pandemic-related shutdowns, which revealed some financial vulnerabilities that we did not know that we had. And in praying about what to do next, I felt like it was time for me to monetize my parenting platform to help with our financial situation. So I hired a business coach and together we came up with a plan. I was going to create and launch a 12-month parenting program to help parents prepare their teens with all the skills and values they would need in order to launch into adulthood with confidence after high school graduation. Each month, we would focus on a new skill or value. I would provide audio and video lessons that taught parenting mindsets and methods related to that monthly skill. I created workbooks and a weekly schedule that showed the parents what to teach their kids each week of that year. And at the end of the year, they would have a foundation in all skills that would help them to succeed after high school. In addition, I mailed a subscription box full of stuff to each household that contained fun activities and materials that helped the kids learn and solidify the skill or value of the month. It was a massive undertaking to create all of that content, curate monthly subscription boxes, and meet the deadlines that I needed to meet every month. I was also at the time serving as the Relief Society president and navigating a host of family challenges that all felt heavy and foreboding. Together, everything felt like too much, and I was worried I might drop all the balls and let everyone down. But I joined Brooke Snow's Creation Coach program in January of 2021 because I knew that I needed something to help me find more peace and balance in my life. Brooke's program transformed me in so many ways as I learned how to support my mind, body, and spirit while co-creating with God the life that I wanted. As I felt my overwhelm decreasing and eventually disappearing and peace returning, the word stand began playing on repeat in my mind. It was my constant companion, and I did not know why. I thought I could perhaps help parents learn to stand strong through the storms of life so they could help their kids do the same. Because again, at this time, I was immersed in creating a parenting program for the small group of women who had begun the program with me in January of 2021. They were not all members of our church, so I did not think I could teach from a gospel perspective, but maybe I could develop a program that would teach parents of teens some of the creation coach principles that I was learning that had helped me to feel more resilient amid the trials in my life. 
But I couldn't think much about what was coming next because I was still in the middle of creating this initial 12-month program. But it was always in the back of my mind. What does stand mean? How can I use stand? How can I help parents stand so they can help their kids stand? During the summer of 2021, as you might remember, things in the church got pretty intense. President Nelson made his vaccine announcement, which threw some people for a major loop. He was immediately slammed online with cries of false prophet and other hateful and hurtful allegations. This turn of events was troubling for me because it was the first time I had ever heard so many awful things said about the prophet, and most of them were coming from members of the church. Then, a couple of weeks later, Jeffrey R. Holland gave a talk to the faculty and staff at BYU that some now refer to as the musket talk. He spoke in defense of the family, and many people took his comments as an attack on the LGBTQ community. There was an immediate and intense firestorm of hateful comments now directed towards Elder Holland. With all of the work that I do online, I spend a decent amount of time on social media, and the controversy was thick. Attacks on Elder Holland were everywhere, and few came to his aid. Most of the conversation online was centered around showing support for the LGBTQ community at the expense of the church leaders. I saw people close to me publicly declare that they stand with Jesus Christ, but men, even prophets, are fallible, and therefore they make mistakes. And I kept thinking, well, how do they know that Elder Holland, the most eloquent man I know, who purposefully chooses every word of his conference talks with care, made a mistake in defending the family? Did he make a mistake simply because the people didn't like what he said? And what did this mean for the future of the church and the unity of the members? In the months prior to this, I had spent a great deal of time trying to understand the struggles of the LGBTQ community within the church. I also have a, have a brother who is gay, and he left the church many years ago. So I felt I had a good grasp of why people were upset with Elder Holland's words. But again, where was the support for our prophets, seers, and revelators? Those who publicly supported them were labeled as hateful bigots, yet I knew them to be called of God. I knew they had no personal agenda and nothing to gain from speaking hard truths, and they did it at the expense of their personal reputations. All of this felt extremely heavy to me. I desperately wanted to help, but I did not know how to do that or what to say. Could we not show love for our brothers and sisters who feel marginalized and sustain our profits? Could we not be allies and remain faithful? I wrestled with this question. Do I remain silent watching men I love figuratively crucified online, or do I speak up in their defense at the risk of being wrongfully labeled as a bigot, not only by the angry social media mob, but also by people I love and respect, people in my own family and friend groups? In the midst of that wrestle, I went on a hike one morning. For the entire mile and a half up the mountain, I poured out my heart to God. I recounted what was happening and the darkness and conflict I felt. I asked if this is how the end was going to begin, with church members pitted against each other and the prophet, and what was I to do? I can remember the exact spot I was on the mountain when I clearly heard these words in my mind. Lynette, why do you think I need you to help women stand? 
The word stand had been playing on repeat in my mind for months, and I thought it was because I needed to help parents become more resilient so they could help their kids be more resilient in the face of all of the chaos that was happening in the world. This new thought, why do you think I need you to help women stand, had nothing to do with parenting. It was about me helping women in the church stand in support of the prophet and the savior, and I knew it. But how did that fit in with the parenting work I was already doing? I still had four months of content to create, and I was hoping to relaunch this program after that. I wanted all of the blood, sweat, and tears I had put into creating this program, I wanted it to pay off as I used it to help more people than the 15 who are currently enrolled. So I was confused. I was almost to the top of the mountain when I had that thought about helping women stand. And there was hardly anyone on the trail that morning, which is very unusual. The top of the mountain was empty. There was nobody there except for me, which again is unheard of. But I wanted a few minutes to pray and meditate and try to figure out what the Lord was trying to teach me. So I sat on a rock that was kind of away from the middle of the, of the top of that mountain, and I closed my eyes and I began to meditate. My eyes had not been closed for more than two seconds when the most amazing thing happened. This is the experience I want to keep sacred, but I feel inspired to share with you. It was as if I was watching a movie play in my head, and I saw myself standing with the Savior. It was apparent to me that this exchange happened before I came to earth in the days of my pre-mortal existence. And I stood there with Jesus and he said, Lynette, I need to show you something. And then he pointed and I looked. There I saw a crowd of angry people. They were arguing and fighting and there was much contention. And Jesus looked at me and said, that is where I need you. You are uniquely qualified to lead in that place. And I told him that I would go there. Then he pointed in another direction and told me to look. And there I saw a large group of women, almost like an army, standing together amid the contention and anger and confusion I had seen just a minute before. They were bathed in light as bright as the sun, which provided a stark contrast to the darkness that was gathering around them. They were all looking steadfastly toward the horizon without a hint of fear or worry in their eyes. I can still see their eyes that were filled with courage and confidence and faith as they faced the anger, contention, and confusion together. They, amid the darkness, were bathed in peace, and I was standing at the front of that group, gathering them, uniting them, and pointing them to Jesus Christ. Then the vision ended as quickly as it began, and I was left in awe at what had just tra transpired. I cried all the way down the mountain as the gravity of what I had just seen descended upon me. I knew that God was calling me in a way I could not deny to stand for truth amid a war of words and ideas that were pulling people away from the light. 
I knew he was calling me to gather and strengthen the women in the church so that they might stand more firmly with Jesus Christ and his prophets. But I am one of the most non-confrontational people I know. I run from conflict like it is my worst enemy. I hate it. It gives me so much anxiety. So how could I be uniquely qualified to go right into the middle of all of this controversy and contention surrounding the church and raise my voice in the defense of the truth? I did not feel qualified at all, and I was not sure I was the right one for this job. But I felt a little like Joseph Smith in that I had seen a vision from heaven. I knew it, and I knew God knew that I knew it, and I could not deny it for one second. But what did it mean? What did it mean for the parenting work I was pouring my heart into? What did it mean for the program I was not even finished creating? What did it mean for me moving forward? For weeks after that, I felt like Nephi. I kept asking the Lord to teach me more, to show me the meaning of what I had seen, and the Lord gave me a fire hose of inspiration. Once, after talking to my business coach, who is a member of the church, about what I had seen and vision and what that meant for my business, she suggested I might be able to be a bridge builder, a moderator of sorts between the two polarized sides, those who supported the prophet and those who were having a hard time with him. And after thinking and praying about that for a time, I had a random phrase pop into my head at a time when I was not even seeking inspiration. And all men were offended because of him came into my head. And I did not know where it had come from, but I knew that it was scriptural. So I pulled out my scriptures and I found it in the book of Moses in the story of Enoch. The story talks about Enoch's call to serve as a prophet, how inadequate he felt, which I can totally relate to, and how when he allowed the Lord to guide him, he spoke with such power that all men were offended because of him. I knew in that moment that I could not be a moderator in this conversation. I needed to boldly testify of truth and of Jesus and of his prophets, even if every person I knew was offended. And that was absolutely terrifying. But with what the Lord had taught me, I wrote a manifesto called Covenant Women Who Stand that you can download your copy of if you'd like. I'll put a link right here in the show notes. But that serves as a physical reminder of the incredible women I am working to gather, to strengthen, and to point to Jesus. The Lord continued to teach me over the next several weeks and months and prepare me as I finished creating the parenting program I was working on. I tried to fit this new divinely orchestrated calling into my parenting box so I could continue with the work I was already doing. But as hard as I tried, I could not get it to fit. It did not make sense, especially because not all of my parenting clients were members of our church. So I made the difficult decision to put that program on the shelf and ask the Lord to guide me down this new path. It was painful because of how hard I had worked and how much it had taken for me to create that program amid serving as a Relief Society president in the middle of a pandemic and trying to keep my family afloat. I did not want all of that work to be for nothing, but I knew this is what I needed to do. Starting in January of 2022, after I completed and launched the last month of that parenting program in December of 2021, I dove headfirst into the world of sharing faith online. I launched my podcast in March, then created, tested, and refined the Shine 40 Challenge to help women create spiritual habits in their lives. I launched it 
for real a few months ago, and people are now asking me, what's next? The truth? I'm not sure. I'm still refining my voice and becoming more confident in boldly speaking truth. I'm no longer afraid of the naysayers because I know who I am defending, Jesus Christ. I am working to create products and programs to help church members, especially women, stand more firmly in their faith by applying the counsel of current prophets, seers, and revelators. I know there is a book that I need to begin writing, but in full transparency, I am navigating a tricky space that involves both faith and business. I am not in it for the money. It does cost, however, several hundred dollars a month to run the podcast, the challenges, my website, and everything that goes along with this work. I do not even come close to making enough money to pay the expenses that I have just to keep things running. And this work is a full-time job for me, which is sometimes hard to balance with my family responsibilities. Sometimes I wonder if the work I am doing is, at its core, my offer of consecration to the Lord. I am figuring it out line upon line. But for now, it is not about business as much as it is about sharing truth and light amid a growing tide of darkness and confusion. It is about following the Lord into places filled with contention and hostility toward believers. It is about trusting that I, as he told me, am uniquely qualified to lead in those places. It is about standing with him and defending those who devote their lives to the holy apostleship and speak on his behalf. It is about finding and gathering that glorious army of women who desire to stand in the light. It is about strengthening them with God's help and helping to prepare them for all that is coming. It is about learning what it means to look toward the horizon in hopeful anticipation of the Savior's return without a hint of fear or worry in my eyes and helping others do the same. It is about devoting my life to learning of Jesus, to standing with him no matter what and inviting others to do the same. I hope it eventually looks like gatherings, both online and in person, where we get to learn from each other. I hope it looks like standing on stages and teaching as many people as I can about how to forever cement themselves to the source of all light, even Jesus Christ. There is much I do not know, but this much is clear. My purpose is to help women stand firmly in the gospel of Jesus Christ. How I accomplish that may change as God leads me down paths that he has prepared for me to walk. He has given me all. I will stand with him and defend his name forever because I can no longer stay silent. It is not an option. I know God has called me to speak up in places of contention where all who hear my voice may be offended. And I know that God knows that I know. So one step at a time is how I'm walking this journey. And I invite you now and forever to stand with me as I stand with and for him. I invite you to be one of the women I saw in vision, who is standing in the light, looking steadfastly toward the day when the Savior will return unafraid of the darkness and contention and confusion around her because she knows for whom she stands and with whom she stands, even Jesus Christ. Will you join me? Will you be one of those women? Will you with me share your light? The world needs light. It needs people who are willing to stand up and speak out. 
It needs people who are willing to stand with Jesus Christ and his prophets, no matter the opposition. I invite you to be one with me and together let's stand. Thanks for being here, my friends. I will see you back here again next week with another interview. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepard.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.